birth of Jesus Christ. The, now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way when his mother Mary had been betrayed to Joseph before they came together. She was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit and her husband Joseph began, began, began a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to dis, divorce her quietly. But as the coincidence, but as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Good morning. Hi. No, stop. Um, <laughs> I'm Justy, for those that don't know me. Um, and I'm kind of nervous, so if I cry, sorry. Um, <laughs> so when I was asked to share what Christmas and H2O meant to me and how I got here, I didn't really know what to say. I'd always been a Christian, whether I'd lived like one or not. And I'd always celebrated Christmas and went to church. The road to H2O was riddled with heartbreak, uncertainties, and extreme brokenness um, by both people and by the church that I grew up in. I was at rock bottom when I walked through those doors just nine months ago. When I couldn't get any lower, all I had to do was look up. My family at H2O took my brokenness and loved me through it. They told me that my tears were my strength. Um, <laughs> they allowed me to be vulnerable, and they told me that I was worth it. H2O holds such a special place in my heart, and whether you've been here for years, months, or this is just your first time visiting, I want to thank you for being here and for being a part of our family. Thanks for celebrating Christmas with us. I'm one of those people that has to research everything. Um, Google was no help in telling me what Christmas meant. Lionel Richie told me that it was lots of snow and candles and ice and mistletoe and all that. And a Christmas story told me that if I wanted a Red Rider carbine action 200-shot model air rifle, <laughs> that I would shoot my eye out. So I had to sit down, pull out my Bible, and pray. What did Christmas actually mean to me? The God and the creator 
of the universe, born in the humblest of ways, born a baby, born in a stable, born of a virgin, born to save you and I, a savior, a Messiah, the Lord. Christmas might mean a lot of things to you, and our paths here today might have been different. But for me, both Christmas and H2O mean a fresh start. For me, it means that I am made new because of the birth of my Savior. I am worthy of being saved. You are worthy of being saved. My, <laughs> my past is no match for what God is doing in me, and neither is yours. Thank you for allowing me to share, and Merry Christmas. Thank you. Jesse, thank you for sharing your story. And um, gosh, it's just incredible to see how the gospel changes lives. You know, that where she was at just nine months ago and how God has just moved in her. And then to get up here, you know, and risk and uh, be courageous and share that with us, we just appreciate you and Gideon, great reading too. Where is he? Yeah, and Mariah too. I mean, you guys from now on, yeah, I'm just gonna have you guys read for me, okay? Much better than I do. So impressive. Um, so the kids just read through Matthew's account of Joseph and his first response to hearing that Mary is expecting. And although uh, the word says that that Joseph was faithful to the law. He was obviously a, a religious, God-fearing man. The message that Mary was pregnant, of course, seemed really difficult for him to believe. And so we don't see him responding initially with faith and trust, but instead he's seeing this from more of a natural perspective, certainly not supernatural. And I think his response is most like what it would be for most reasonable people. Um, he knows what it takes uh, to become pregnant, and in that culture too, especially, um, there wasn't any, um, uh, how, how would I say it? Um, they were not sexually active prior to marriage, okay? And that was something that was culturally just very strong, unlike uh, today's culture. And so jo Joseph just assumes that she has been unfaithful. And so he's not making plans to usher in this new king, you know, born of the Holy Spirit, but instead he's making kind of careful plans to separate and divorce from Mary um, Quietly, he doesn't want to cause disgrace. I'm sure he's also deeply hurt and maybe angry, but we see that his character kind of shows there. So God has to send an angel directly to speak to him, which quite honestly, that's probably the only thing that would have convinced him that this is like this birth is from God. This is the work of the Holy Spirit. And it's really the beginning of Joseph believing and understanding and maybe even being reminded of what the scriptures 
said and what the prophets had foretold. And he had grown up with that and he knew that. But to come to grips with these promises are going to be fulfilled within my family, like that was something that for sure took God speaking to him directly for him to really fathom that and even believe in it. And so I think Jesus, um, or excuse me, Joseph is just like us. He needed reassurance, and at times for us, we need reassurance from God when things seem impossible or highly unlikely. There's a number of things, and I'm sure that we hear friends say, well, we just have to trust God for that, and that seems like it kind of puts a Band-Aid on that, and it's true, trusting God is the issue there. However, it's difficult when it seems really unlikely, and this is one of those scenarios, but it's an extreme case for sure, so God has to show up. Now, There's this common theme that runs throughout Scripture when it describes the nature of Jesus as God, and we see it throughout the New Testament. We actually see it throughout the Bible, and it's a word picture that the authors use, and that's light. And so Jesus said in John 8, 12, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And so we saw that the angel begins with kind of using this this word and this illusion um, to describe the arrival of the king. And so in Luke 2.32, so just prior to um, what we read there in Matthew, Simeon, another God-fearing religious man, is in the temple. Jesus... um, Mother and father, Joseph and Mary, are there to kind of dedicate him. And, um, and he takes Jesus in his arms, and he said, This child will be a light for revelation to the Gentiles and glory of your people Israel. That was everybody. Like, this child will be a light to the Gentiles and Israel. So that was really like the whole world, this baby is going to provide revelation, knowledge, direction in the midst of pervading darkness. And so when we see the term light in Scripture, it's usually describing those kinds of things, illumination or direction and truth. And Jesus at that time is entering into a world that is probably much like today. There's confusion, there's turmoil, there's chaos. We watch the news and there's darkness. And now his presence would give us humans this opportunity to leave that environment, that painful and dangerous environment, and instead enter into God's kingdom, which was well lit, okay? It's lit, right. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's, I knew one of you would think that, oh, it's lit, yeah. Um, But it offers, the kingdom now had direction and fulfillment and forgiveness, And even just hearing that, like that's very similar to what Justy just shared, that there was darkness, there was confusion, there was um, just not connecting 
with God. Very much like the culture at that time, too. And so, you know, Simeon mentions the Gentiles because they were like many of us. And much of culture is that you have people that are spiritually kind of directionless, lost at sea, without a compass, and God desires them, wants them, loves them, wants a relationship with them. And so that's why at H2O, we will always be committed to the non-religious, the spiritually lost or the spiritually curious, those that might be described as the Gentiles back then that, that are wondering, like, what is out there? Like, why am I here? What is my purpose? What was I created for? Some, like Justy, have had bad church experiences. Others in the room here are kind of like blank slates. We just don't know what to believe. And so we're um, always going to be a community that cares about those because that's what Jesus did. That's who he came for was those that are lost. One of the things I like about the word picture, you know, light, is just that we can relate to it well. You know, all of us have been in, like, my wife will be sleeping, and we're in a bedroom, and the lights are off, and you know when you're kind of making your way around the house with the lights off, what do you do? You're like, where, you know, you find your bearings, and then you're trying to remember where all the pieces of furniture are, Right? Like, you're really careful because you know that there's a chance you're going to stub your toe really bad, and it's the worst thing in the world, okay? And so you're trying to remember, like, it's four steps. Is there a door here? Where's the light? And then you find your phone, and all of a sudden, they used to have these things called flashlights, okay? Now it's your phone, and then immediately you can walk with confidence, you just kind of make your way around. You can shoot it down to the ground. It's great. Works really well. So I used to do this thing back in the day. <clears throat> I think I might have done it with you, Luke, when I was driving once. Um, country road in Ohio, and I noticed, like, there's no lights anywhere. It's just dark, you know? And driving, I'm thinking, the only lights are my headlights. I should turn them off. Kids, don't do this, okay? Don't do what the guy up front does, okay? And so, first thing, you know, I turn it off, and it is just pitch black, you know, and Luke was like, what are you doing? So, you remember that. See, he remembers. Traumatic experience. <laughs> Counseling session. My dad turns the lights off. And the, but it immediately, it was just like, you lose your bearings, you have, it is pitch black, and... Um, and there is this instant, like, fear. Like, oh, my gosh, I've got to turn these back on as soon as possible. And unfortunately, I do think that when it comes to darkness and confusion and being separated from God, there are, like, we are surrounded by people that live in fear. Constant fear. And they try to suppress that with um, success or busyness or or sex, or alcohol, whatever it is, but there is this 
result of not experiencing light and revelation of Jesus. And there's just fear that we live in. And so Jesus comes to undo the effect of that initial fall that we've talked about before back in Genesis, to undo this separation of, from God, the confusion, the disillusionment in life, lack of purpose and direction, and he comes to restore us, redeem us, and grab our hearts and our souls. When we walk in the light, illuminated by the one who is called the light, we just walk differently. There's confidence, there's assurance. We make progress without injuring ourselves. That's God's presence. So Jesus was the fulfillment of generations and generations that were waiting and hoping and longing for this anointed one, this Savior. And there was this hope, this thrill of hope. It's thrilling to hope. And that is something that, man, that we as Christ followers have. The hope of, one, knowing that we're in a relationship with him and that we'll be with him for eternity. But like the angel said, the, this light to the Gentiles who would bring great joy to all people. And so Luke 2, 9 through 11 says this, An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, shining. Here's this light again. And they were terrified, but the angel said to them, Don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people, not just the ones I select, but all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. So like moths to a flame, humanity is drawn to this light powerfully. Regardless of country, creed, language, family upbringing, Jesus is drawing people to himself even now. So when we look at Scripture... We see this concept of God and his presence and the light that comes with it right there at creation, at the very beginning. And there was light, and it was good, it says. And then the Messiah arrives, and he will be a light to the world. And then us, we are recreated and restored and redeemed. And like Jesus said, whoever follows me will never walk in the darkness, but will have the light of life. There it is again. And then, in the end, in the end, it says, and this is one of the verses that, like, I absolutely love this verse in Revelation 21, 23. It talks about this new Jerusalem, this new city that those of us that know Jesus, he will be the king and we will reside there, and listen to this verse, the city does not need the sun or the moon to shine on it, for the glory of God gives it light, and the Lamb is its lamp. And the Lamb is its lamp. That we're going to be in this new city where we will bask in that light. 
It's an amazing thing. That glory will shine all around us. I love the phrase, the, the statement, and the glory of God is humanity fully alive. Is humanity fully alive. So our hope, our light to make us fully alive has arrived. And we get to celebrate that together. So let's pray. Lord, we are so grateful that you would leave your position and become a human being, that you would breathe the air that we breathed, that you would live a human life and pay this sacrifice for our sin, to take away the sin of the world, to bring us great joy, that your desire is to change us, that we would become lights for you as we are illuminated by you and you fill us with your spirit. God, we're thankful for that. May we allow you in over the the throne of our hearts to be our hope and to be our light so that we may walk in that as you intended. Thank you for your direction, for your revelation, for illumination, for forgiveness and ultimately for the hope that we have in Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. Well, um, we have something special here, Allison. Yeah, we are going to invite the, all the uh, students, the kids from Splash and Hydro are coming down here. That includes those guys back there hiding the gotcha. All right, guys, yeah, and you can sit right here. Here you go. You can sit right here if you want to. Yeah. Have a seat, guys. Have a seat right here. Big, tall kids. Any other kids? Yep. Come on up here. A little more room over here for the big, smelly kids. There we go. They're mine, so, you know. Okay, here we go. All right. Well, hey, let's everybody clap for our Hydro and Splash kids. <laughs> Woohoo! Hey, I'm going to share with you guys just a little bit before Mr. Jim said so many great things um, today. But you guys all know this question. Who, whose birthday are we celebrating? That's right, and he is the greatest gift. Do you know, what? why do you think he's the greatest gift? Someone raise your hand and say, why do you think he's, oh, okay, one second. Um, he's the, 
He's the greatest gift because um because uh, thank you because um because what he said he's delight and stuff and he's the greatest shepherd. Awesome. Does anyone else have some? Gideon, you had something. I'll let you say. Because um, he's the Messiah. And he's going to save our sins. So the thing is, is that before Jesus came, there was a separation between God and us. We can't have a relationship without Jesus. And so we're so excited that God loved us so much that he sent his son Jesus so that we could have a relationship with him. So like Mr. Jim said, Jesus says he is the light, and he shared this verse, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of light. So what is light good for? What is light good for? I have a little prop. Oh, why is it not lighting? What does this help with? Somebody. To see in the dark. And what do you think it helps? Seeing in the dark. Seeing in the dark. And why does, why does seeing in the dark, what's, what's helpful with that? Like, what if it is dark? You can step on something so you can get hurt. What else? Um, you'll be scared. <gasps> you'll be scared. Yeah, some of us are afraid in the dark. What were you going to say, Jack? I was going to say that you need a like, look, I have one. <laughs> you can't see in the dark. You can't see. Right. So it's good to help us see. It's good to show which way to go. And it gives us courage so we don't have to be afraid. Something that Mr. Jim did not say that I want you guys to say is that Jesus says that you are salt. Who has used salt before? Yes, salt. So you are salt and you are light. Salt and light. Let me read out of the message what this says. It's very interesting. Okay, listen. Let me tell you why you are here. You're here to be salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors of this earth. If you lose your saltiness, how will people taste godliness? Here's another way to put it. You're here to be light, bringing out the God colors of this world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to have to hide you on a, under a bucket, would you? No. Now that I've put you there on a hilltop, on a light stand, shine. So you know what song we're going to sing, and we're going to talk about God has given us Jesus to be our light, and he's offering, he offered us the greatest gift in Jesus, but you have to choose. You get to choose whether you want to accept Jesus. So are you going to choose to follow him? That's a question you can think about this Christmas, and just like a gift, it's offered to you, but when is it yours? If I say this is your gift, when is it yours? When you, 
When you take it. When you take it. You have to receive it and open it for yourself. All right, one last thing. When we accept Jesus, we become a light for God. Our lives change because of Jesus. We show people how much God loves us. This is a way we are a light. It's kind of like we're all walking around with candles. Now my helpers are going to come out. Let's all stand while we do. Well, let's wait till you get your light. It's like we're all candles. When it's dark, a candle shows us which way to go. God is like that. I know. When we aren't sure where to go or where to turn, God shows us a way. Do we have more? Is there some more? Go over here. Hold up your hand if you don't have a light. Gideon needs a light up here. Oh, he's had it. Okay. He's being tricky. All right, everybody stand up. I have two more things. Everybody stand up. When we aren't sure what to do or which way to turn, God shows us the way. And when we listen to God and follow God's way, we help show others the way too. All right, stand up. That's right. Standing, everybody stand. Hydro people too. Awesome. Hold your light. Okay, just hold it, hold it still. I'm going to pray for us real quick, and then we're going to do our special song. God, thank you for these kids and young adults. Thank you that we all have a choice, your greatest gift you gave. And not just the kids, but everyone in this congregation, everyone in the world, you're offering your gift, and you're saying, do you want it? You want to give it to us. You want to give us your son. I pray that we all take and receive that. In your name, amen.